All right, welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, Lions beat writer for MLive, joined as always by Ben Raven. Uh, ben, we're at Ford Field, burn the midnight oil after a, what was it, 42-17 win for Detroit uh, against the Denver Broncos here at Ford Field. Um, ben, I mean, you just said off air, like not much negative to say coming out of this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a little doom and gloomy, even after like some recent wins on that seven game stretch. But like tonight, like shoot outside of like the first pass going for 40 yards, pretty great performance by the defense and like literally zero complaints about the offensive showing. I mean, there was a little lull, but like, man, 42 points, five passing touchdowns. That's a butt kicking. Yeah, it's funny because you know, when they they went punt, 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 open this game, which ran their scoreless streak to ten drives, and I I tweeted that out. And from the moment I hit send on that stupid tweet, they they went touchdown, 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 uh, touchdown. Maybe I think there was five in a row, right? So, uh, it it was. Uh, I think they got their groove back. You know, they they went four and three uh, over the last seven games, and you know we've been all over them for not looking like a team that was playing its best ball. They really they really hadn't since the bye, and there's a lot of concerns popping up um, going into the most important weeks of the season. And of course, the the playoffs looming after that, and you really had to wonder what the you know what the potential was for a team that couldn't play defense and its offense was struggling with consistency. And we saw some really bad stuff in the second half in Chicago. Uh, and they come out here against Denver, and I think reminded everyone that they are maybe not an elite team, but they're a very good team. And when they play offense like this, when they can play just a little bit of defense, mm-hmm. and that's what we saw tonight against Denver, uh, this team is hard to beat. Yeah, and it's just nice to know that there is hope within this roster that some of these defensive personnel changes, you know, it's early, but like it's really freaking hard to ignore what Afatu Melifan would did tonight. Like, seriously. Eight tackles, two pass breakups, two quarterback hits, a sack, a force fumble. He somehow added a special teams tackle. I mean, seriously, this is someone who, like, laughed at me in the locker room, was like, I'm still learning safety. He's like, I don't know what I'm improved at because I'm still learning this position. So just to see that natural ability, that natural size, the natural length out of him, it really is like, all right, maybe it was just durability holding him back. So, like, man, that's a big reinforcement on the way if he can – resemble that play these next three weeks at all uh, unexpected too. M- melathon will uh, you know uh, uh, people might forget because he was i mean he barely saw the field for a couple of years but he was a, a third round pick in 2021 that was the first pick they got in the matthew stafford trade he was a big long corner out of syracuse i mean i think he's like six three he's massive he passes the eye check but he had so many injuries throughout his first two years in the league. Um, he barely saw the field because of it, including in practice. Uh, made a position change along the way to safety. Barely got to play there. Yeah, we, I, he was kind of an afterthought. I, I, ben, I basically wrote the guy off. I thought he was going to be a special teams guy, run out his rookie contract, and that would be it. Um, but with uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson out this year, you had Tracy Walker in there. And Tracy Walker was Tracy Walker. Like, he's... He'll fill space, but he's not a high-end player. He's certainly not a high-end difference maker. And that's why they signed C.J. Gardner-Johnson was to, to, I mean, you know, he's the reigning interceptions leader. They needed more big plays from the defense, and that's something that we have really not seen from this defense at all levels. Uh, and they got sick of it. And they, last week, pretty surprisingly, put Melifanu in there, in there for, for Walker um, for every snap of that game. And I thought he played pretty good for his, you know, his first. I mean, it was he played seventy snaps against yeah. against uh, the Bears. That was the 
the the most snaps he had ever played at that position. And man, he, like right from the first series of this game where they the the uh, the Broncos hit a forty yard shot to open this game up, and I'm like, oh my god, here we go again. <laughs> exactly. And then in the red zone. Melifonwu comes through on a blindside blitz and just rocks Russell Wilson, separates him from the football. Uh, we got to see a fat guy run down the field for like 30 yards. Yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and really set the tone for what I thought was the best defensive performance from this team in, God, like two months probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, shoot, they had the Broncos shut out at halftime. After that fumble, the Broncos punted the rest of the first half away before kneeling it out to go into halftime. I mean, honestly... Everything was working on that defense today. And you asked Dan Campbell about why he made the switches with Malafonio. It's easy to see when the kid's healthy. There's length, there's explosiveness, and there's playmaking ability on the back of that defense if those guys are like Kirby, Malafonio, Brian Branch. Thank God he was back to a normal role tonight. Don't ever overthink <laughs> that kid again. Just play him. Just play him. And you saw what – I mean, you saw a recipe for success because this Broncos team – not a world beater, not an elite offense, but a very good team coached by one of the best offensive minds of the last like 50 years in this league. So it's like this was no easy task tonight in this defense outside. After that first snap, they really did not break a sweat like they really controlled this game. I mean, both sides of the ball, you hear blah, 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 complimentary football. That's what it looks like that when they say when they beat that phrase into the death. This is what that looks like. And we've seen it before, but only against also Rams, you know, the Tampa Bay's of the world, Carolina, whatever. I mean, we've, we've seen some, some complete performances from this team, but I don't know, like, what was the best win before this? Maybe Green Bay and Green Bay six and seven. Like this Broncos team had won six out of seven games. They're in the playoff picture in the AFC. Uh, which uh, it's much tougher than the NFC. I mean, that, that it says a lot about how far this team has come since a slow start under Sean, Sean Payton. They're playing pretty good football, and the Lions came out here and played really, really good defense. Um, you know, there was other changes, too. We saw Jerry Jacobs get benched. I, you know, we felt like that was inevitable. I really, I literally wrote a story. I felt bad a little bit about the headline just because we love Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. He's a great guy and everything. But I literally wrote a headline on this, on I'm Live this week saying, Jerry Jacobs' days as a starter are numbered. I didn't know if that was going to be a change that happens this year, um, given the depth, you know, with all the injuries and stuff they have right now, or if it was going to be next year. But you could see some of the tea leaves um, with Kendall Vildor playing last week uh, in Chicago. And uh, Jerry was just was really struggling. He, had, he leads the league in pass interference. He's given up big plays in like four games straight now. Uh, really was abused against Green Bay on Thanksgiving uh, and pretty much in every game since. And we saw a surprise change today. Cleo Dorsey, who's usually the kick returner, was out there um, outside cornerback for most of this game. We saw a little bit more Vildor. If Jerry Jacobs played a stamp of defense, I didn't see it. Maybe he was out there for a couple or something, but I didn't notice it. Uh, and again, I thought it was a positive change. I thought it gave some juice to the defense. We saw I, – I was really impressed with the pass rush and – while most of it didn't come from the defensive line, we saw some stuff up front. Josh Pascal thought played a really good game. Um, but the manufacturing of pressure too uh, off the blitz, uh, Alex Anzalone had a couple of quarterback hits. Melifano had a couple of quarterback hits and a sack, you know, with the fumble. Um, Pascal had a um the his sack. Um, but like, yeah, off the blitz, Brian Branch had a hit. I mean, like, like they really brought the heat. I felt like Russell Wilson was was feeling the pressure throughout this game and really induced him to in, into some dumb stuff yeah and Aaron Glenn really does deserve some flowers for this game not only for having those guys ready I mean shoot I went up to Cleo Dorsey in the locker room and it was like 
cute how shocked he was that I wanted to talk to him. I mean, the camera came behind me and the lights go on and he's like, man, I've never been interviewed like this before. So <laughs> props to Dre Bly, props to Kelvin Shepard, props to Aaron Glenn for getting those guys ready, for having the feel, for like Dan Campbell said after the game, for trusting their gut based on what they saw in practice in those guys, because this was no easy task tonight. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton is a very, very, very talented wide receiver duo. And I mean, Shoot, man. What did Cortland Sutton do? I, don't, I, mean, I don't have it right he, here, but he I barely made, heard his exactly. name. Exactly. I think Jerry Judy was like one of the lone bright spots for the – and it was three catches, 74 yards, and one of those 40 yards came on the first play of the game. So, I mean, yeah. after that first snap, it was contained. Like, the damage was contained. Russell Wilson bought a lot of time with his feet in the pocket. I was kind of impressed by him, but, like, that coverage was tight today. That coverage was tight no matter if it was four seconds or seven seconds, and that's exactly what this team has needed. And I'm glad you brought up Pascal because I think this was his best game as a pro. He was awesome yeah. on the edge. He was awesome reading screens and runs to the outside, and he had a nice little pass rush there. Whatever they can get out of him, whatever they can get out of anyone not named Aiden Hutchinson on that defensive line is a massive plus. And I thought, just to hit the linebackers real quickly, I thought um, Enzo only played a pretty good game. He got hit with the, the pass interference deep down the field, but besides that, pretty clean game. And I was impressed by Derek Barnes. He had a, a shoulder injury in the first half. The, based on just the what we saw on the field and how he got off the field, I didn't think he was coming Same. back. Yeah. And then he comes back in the third quarter and has that huge stop on the goal line uh, on third and short, forces a fourth and in inches, and then uh, Denver gets flagged. The score was twenty-eight to seven, and after the flag, it's it's fourth and goal from like the five or six, and they kicked a field goal. Which, yeah, I I, I turned to you in the press box, and I'm like, what are they doing? It was conservatism from Sean Payton, which I just wasn't expecting yeah. to see. You know, exactly. um, we talked about the defense, Ben, um, but I really want to talk about, talk about the offense. I really want to talk about Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs. Like, you just cannot say enough about. Brad Holmes in the draft, and we've seen it before. He's gotten great players at the top, which you always hope for. But he's gotten great players at the bottom. You know, I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown as a monster, fourth-round pick. Uh, he just built up so much credibility. And yet, in the first round this year, when he traded back and, and turned down the opportunity to draft, you know, Jalen Carter, who I still would love to see in Detroit, or, um, I don't know, Bijan Robinson, some of these huge names, if they wanted a running back, like they were eyeing Jameer Gibbs the whole time, and they thought twelve was the, was the sweet spot for him. They trade back to twelve at a second round pick. They take a running back at number twelve. Everyone's <laughs> losing their their minds over positional value. Like you're going to take a, a running back at twelve and not even the best running back in the draft. They take a stand up linebacker at eighteen. They take a tight end uh, in the second round, and here we are. You know Sam Laporta, who's that second round pick, is the greatest. Uh, you know, tight end like have, he's having the greatest rookie season ever by a tight end in franchise history, and really one of the best of all time in the NFL. Caught three more touchdowns in this game, Ben. I thought the the first one was not only his 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 best with the catch and run, and you know, a little shimmy, a little shake in there, and then running over someone at the goal line. But it was like it was pretty big play too, a nineteen yard play, and they it was still nil nil at that point in the second quarter. This game looked very different then. Really got the ball rolling. Um. Three touchdowns, now has nine on the season. That's a franchise record. He's climbing up the charts, uh, you know, in, in the league. He's got the third most catches ever by a tight end. He has a, a shot at the record, the all-time record. Um, Second-round pick, that's pretty good stuff. I, I think you could argue him and Brian Branch are two of the best uh, day two, day three draft picks in the entire league, and they both play for, for Detroit. And then there's Jameer Gibbs, another 100 yards rushing today. He does on just 11 carries. 
you see the burst around the edge up the right seam on uh, third and 10. I think the Lions probably lead the league in third and long <laughs> yeah. runs and they keep working. I think the, the offensive line has a lot to do with that too, but uh, two touchdowns from Jameer Gibbs, one through the air, one on the ground. Um, these guys are special. And yes, I think we would all like to see more defensive help. I know they had their eye on Devon Witherspoon in the draft, but once he was taken uh, by Seattle, uh, they turned their focus to the to the offense. And yeah, the defense still has issues. I still think it's going to be um, their handicap in the in the postseason. But you can't argue with the results. They've gotten amazing stuff from both Gibbs and Laporta. They're both on rookie contracts. Um, they're important positions in today's game and important positions in this offense. They want to be able to run the football, to have guys like that, to have guys like Laporta who's so – I mean, Dan Campbell compared him to Amon Ross St. Brown as a rookie. Just with how workmanlike they are, how reliable they are, they're always where you want them to be. They're always putting in the extra work. Like You can just trust them to do exactly what you need from them. And you see that in Jared Goff's trust with Laporta. It's Ben, I just have fun watching these guys play football. They're going to be around Detroit for a real long time. Yeah, they got five touchdowns out of two rookies yeah. today. Like, that's that's unbelievable. And Second time since the merger. Unbelievable. <laughs> first time since 1974. Yeah, Greg with yeah. Lions PR was busy tweeting out first time since stats tonight once again. But uh, the thing about Laporta is don't overlook anything what he's doing. Nothing about what he's doing is normal. I mean, there as high expectations as people had for him as a receiver, he's a complete tight end. Like, what he is doing as a tight end, pure and to the point, is just shocking. After the catch, as a receiver, more than competent blocking, like, the, the comfort he has with Jared Goff makes it feel like they've played for 15 years together. Like, yeah. Goff can't say enough nice things about him, can't say enough things about St. Brown. I mean, it's just two of the most steady guys he's ever been around. He's been around a lot of good guys in this league, too. But um, it, it, I just look at Gibbs and Laporta, and it's like they landed in the perfect situation. Like, it's a perfect mesh with Gibbs and Montgomery behind that offensive line. Laporta is the perfect weapon for Goff. We talked about that. Over the middle, after the catchability. TJ Hawkinson is a great player, but Brad Holmes' master class to avoid that contract and to potentially upgrade at the position 15 games into a rookie contract. I mean, the, nothing about what these guys are doing is normal. And Gibbs' growth as a pure running back has just kind of shocked me. Like, yeah. I, I always expected him to be a very slippery, dangerous weapon. But this dude's a legit running back. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. And Ben Johnson, <laughs> I, these last three games in the regular season, I mean, you, he's coming into his own with these guys. The comfort level is there. And this was a really firm reminder that if this defense plays average football, this offense can beat anyone. What's going on, everyone? Ben Raven with MLive's Detroit Lions Beat here. Just want to point you in the direction of MLive's new Dungeon of Doom Insider Tech Service. Sign up now for a 14-day free trial. And then after that, it's only $4.99 a month to text with myself, to text with Kyle Monkey, and to text with Corey Woods. And not only are you going to get updates and analysis from us with some one-on-one -on -one individual conversations on the side, but you're going to be on the front line to be featured on MLive's Dungeon of Doom podcast when we come calling for mailbag questions. Once again, check out joinsubtext.com slash Dungeon of Doom. 14-day free trial, $4.99 after that. I did get a kick out of Eminem 
after this game or during this game, campaigning online for Ben Johnson to stay in Detroit. <laughs> um, no, but again, I go back to the sageness of Brad Holmes because I think a lot of teams, and I've seen it in Detroit over the years covering this team and in previous administrations, it's like, okay, we got a good player at this position, so let's target this other position. And Last year they had DeAndre Swift in that, like you know, and, I mean, and, and Jamal Williams even in in the backfield, right? As a Thunder and Lightning, and they had T.J. Hawkinson, who's a Pro Bowl tight end. And what did they do? Like they shipped away all three players, <laughs> and yes, they spent big money on David Montgomery, who's a far better player than Jamal Williams yeah. was. And then you have Laporta and um, Gibbs both on rookie contracts who are outperforming the predecessors. I mean, it's a win-win all the way around. And when you keep making these kinds of personnel decisions, it's what accelerates a rebuild. Um, you're not just it's like, I, I, like to be able to improve those positions and to do so while you're getting younger and to do so while you're getting cheaper. It just, it just gives you so much flexibility going forward. And I just, I marvel at it because I think we all looked at TJ Hawkinson and said, yeah, of course you're going to pay him. That's that's how people tend to do business. And they saw an opportunity to to get better with like investing less resources in the position. They want to they want to pay him $70 million. And now they get to pay Sam Laporta like probably what eight million over the next four years or something <laughs> exactly. to do incredible stuff. I mean, it's it's really crazy. And of course, running back, you go through those guys so fast because of the injury factor and whatnot. And we saw that with DeAndre Swift. And to get a guy in Gibbs who's been really durable, mm -hmm. and I think he missed a game or two right earlier in the season, but um, that'll happen at running back. He's been really, really good for a stretch here and is just really an exciting player. Brings a, um, an, a you know a burst to the offense that we only ever saw in, in, in you know, little windows with DeAndre Swift. And uh, you just can't say enough about Brad Holmes and what he's able to do with this roster and his resources. Now, Gibbs is... Gibbs is I forget how fast he is sometimes when he turned the corner on his touchdown run to the pylon. I, I made a noise. I made an audible noise in the press box because it's like, oh, my God, he's got that gear in him. And it's just people yeah, make so yeah. much about a J-Mo's speed. But but Dude, Gibbs is right there. Absolutely is. And I'm glad you brought up J-Mo. First game with more than two catches you right up, buddy. in his career. That was beautiful. Four catches, 47 yards on seven targets. He's still pretty shaky as a center fielder. The ball tracking yeah. skills are not there. I see Twitter trying to defend him, saying it's a bad throw for Jared Goff. You got to look at the ball. You've got to come back. Good receivers in this league can force DPIs in that call. Like you, You've got to have an ability to track the ball. But, man, four catches, 47 yards, had one heck of a catch along the sideline that he got banged up on. He was so pissed off. He hurt his, like, I don't know. He fell pretty hard. It looked like he was like holding his butt. Like, I think he just hit the ground pretty hard and he like ran 25 yards down the field in frustration, then ran back to the coach and was like trying to get back in immediately. And I just think you're seeing growth there. You're seeing him turn into a receiver. He's not that dependable number two, but like, man, it's just, the more you get out of him, the more you see. And like you said, like the, the speed with him, the speed with Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> you just got veteran killers like Montgomery and St. Brown over the middle. It, it's a it's a beautiful mix because like we haven't even talked about St. Brown yet. And that dude was automatic tonight once again. Well, I was just thinking about him, actually, and I wanted to bring him up because, you know, it's like I wrote that story this week about um, you know, I called it a mini slump. And I felt a little weird about it because it was. It wasn't even that bad. I mean, and yeah, I mean, there's context that's easy to understand too, because he was getting basically double teamed throughout those two games. But it was two games under 50 yards. It's just not something we're used to seeing with St. Brown. He was 
pretty pissed about it. he wasn't even in the locker room last week after the game which is um yeah you know rare. to talk with reporters yeah that's extremely rare uh, the guy likes to, <laughs> the guy likes the <laughs> microphone he was clearly he was clearly pissed and um came out here today um seven catches 112 yards and a highlight reel touchdown you'll be seeing for the rest of his career Man. where he <laughs> catches the ball i don't know it's five ten yard line something like that and turns up field and he's got uh, a couple guys right in front of him between him and the goal line. And so what does he do? He he, he just goes over the top yeah. and somersaults into the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dude's unreal. Yeah. No, he absolutely is. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he matched last week's receiving output on the first play of the game. And whenever they make it a point to make him the focal point to get him involved, good things happen. And I, you saw that tonight, seven and nine, just see it. You overlook it because you expect it from him. I remember asking Tanner Ingstrom earlier this week, and he like before he answered my question, he's just like, "We're not worried about this guy. Let's make this clear before what I say. I'm about to say there is zero concern about this guy." And tonight was just a reminder why, because that front flip touchdown was so freaking sweet. Like that's just f it. I'm scoring on this play. You just love to see that from a star player. We've talked about seven different guys or something on the offense so far. I, I do think we have to talk about the quarterback that threw oh, five, yeah, right? five, five touchdown passes, <laughs> uh, a career high for Jared Goff, 24 of 34 yeah. overall, 134.6 quarterback rating. I didn't think he started this game off particularly well. And the Lions did, they had three punts to open the game, but he really managed the game well from there. I mean, he just found the holes that were there, found the guys that were there, hit um, Laporta a few times on third down, uh, you know, it, like it was, I thought a very good game from Jared Goff. And I, I really liked what he had to say after the game, which was basically when you get rolling like that and you're on a heater, like five straight touchdown drives, it feels like you can pull any play out of the playbook and it's going to work. And that that's just kind of the feeling they had that something Ben Johnson's tell, was telling them on the sideline. Um, and it felt like it out there. I, you know, you, you get the passing game going, you get the running game going, and I think it bears mentioning you got the the, the starting five offensive line out there too. And I, th- I just think it makes a huge difference when you have those five guys. You you start to have some holes because you have Vitai out. So when you know a Ragnar goes down or Jackson goes down, then you're talking about Colby Sorsdal or somebody like that going in there. But I just think it's a huge difference when you got those the 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 top five out there. I mean, they were just moving the line of scrimmage. That 38-yard run by uh, Gibbs, like he had a massive hole to hit. And once he gets running downhill, no one's going to catch him. Uh, it's such a luxury to have a front like Detroit does. And when they're firing on cylinders like they were today, I mean, the, it's just a tough offense to stop. No, it is because it's an equally good group on the ground as it is in pass protection. Even golf faced pressure today, he was clean. He was consistent. I think just like you said, having those five back, being inside the dome, back in prime time, the prime time babies, for some reason they cruise in prime time, and he was just comfortable. I mean, he had a couple lasers today, but like the thing that he impresses me most with, most with is his control of the offense. And I mean, having Frank Ragnow in front of you has just got to be a confidence and inducing like visual like you said exactly and props to frank ragnow his brother tweeted after the game he just had a meniscus surgery in the last week oh and wow. he's back here playing I already yeah. i just saw that before we started recovering so recording so like Frank ragnow's already has a reputation as one of the most psycho warriors this game has to offer so just adding another chapter to that book <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean the dude played through a fractured throat so against green bay it happened in the first quarter 
he played the whole game and didn't allow a pressure. <laughs> Stupid. <It's, laughs> he, he's built different, as the kids like to say. Taylor Decker's appendix <laughs> and Frank Ragnall's throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, this is a crazy game. I think that one thing I keep coming back to, Ben, is you know just thinking about this team in the big picture is the resilience. And we've talked about it in different ways, but like, you know, we talked about the stat this week. They were five and zero coming out of a loss since their turnaround last year. Um, you know, they're not a perfect team. They do lose games, but at, when they're at their lowest, when they're backed against a corner, when people are questioning them, that's when they play their best. I mean, the average margin of victory coming into this one, coming out of a loss was 17 points. And then they won this one by whatever it was, 30 or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they played exceptionally. And I think it, it's, I mean, you mentioned the primetime stat there. I think they're four and all this year in primetime, uh, or certainly going back to last year. Um, got another big one in Dallas in a couple of weeks, by the way. Um, it like this team seems to thrive when, you know, at, at these critical moments. And I think it really says a lot about their, their culture, their coaching, the, the, the kinds of players they have on this team. They really are unfazed um and even when people start to question them i mean you know they hear that stuff and they they use it as fuel and i think it really bodes well down the stretch i i still think we're not looking at an elite team i still think we're looking at a team that's going to get bounced on their end of the bracket in the playoffs i think the defense is too deficient of playmaking ability although getting back garner johnson would help a lot but i think this game shows again that yeah they had some struggles in recent weeks and uh, people, including you and I, were were down on their prospects and wondering whether they were starting to teeter a little bit on the wrong side of things. Um, they showed tonight they've still got it. They've got their groove back um, when they have their top offensive line out there. When they're getting just a modicum amount of, of plays on the defense, they're a tough team to stop. And um, they're going to be North champs. Inevitably, they just need one more win or one more Vikings loss. And they'll wrap up the division. And they'll host a playoff game here at Ford Field. And they play like this. Yes. like They can beat anybody. No, tonight is also a reminder of how important a home playoff game could mean for this Oh, man, game. it was so loud. It I was mean, so loud. Here. Dude, there were so many plays where Russell Wilson was, like, checking yeah. in with every lineman, his tight ends, his running backs, because it was so loud in here. So, just, like, it is, like, get that defense playing average football inside the dome, and this team can beat anybody. They got the Vikings next week. Yeah. Um, I'll be out there. Uh, we'll have a midweek mailbag, just like uh, every, you know, just like every week, uh, coming up or on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, make sure you get those those questions in via the subtext. Um, for you know, for information on that, just go to any line story and I'm live. Go to the bottom. You got free free promotions there. Send a a text to Ben or I and um, get those questions in. It's going to be um a whirlwind few days. Ben here is. I mean, they could clinch a, a playoff spot as soon as this weekend. Yeah. Um, if Seattle loses, um, or some other stuff happens, I don't know. I always forget all the combinations. But Seattle lost. I know that Seattle loses and they're in. Yeah. Uh, but either way, they're 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 on the brink of the postseason berth. Their first postseason berth since 2016, and the first division title since. 1993. How old were you in 1993? Uh, I was five years old, four <laughs> years old, actually. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because I'll be with you in Minnesota next week for my birthday. Yeah, turning uh 35. It's a it's a beautiful <laughs> stadium. I'm happy you get to go. It's Me one too. of my favorites in the league. It's it's beautiful. I got a great omelet bar in the press yes. box. <laughs> Always one of my 
favorites. It's a cold time of year to be there. I, I remember I actually covered the last game at the Metrodome um, a number of years ago. I think that was 2013, maybe. I remember because Adrian Peterson was sitting like two seats away from me in the press box, which was pretty weird. Uh, future Lion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and we walk out of the stadium. This is back before Uber and all that, you know. We're walking out of the stadium and it was like minus 30 degrees. And like it like it like hurt your face just to walk outside. So bring your parka, dress warmly, um, and uh, bring some champagne. Cause it, yeah. <laughs> it looks like um you know, they're on the brink. They're on the brink. It's it's wild times in Detroit. <laughs>